Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. And we're live. Good morning, everyone. It's the one and only V, the Gorilla Economist, coming to you live on this edition of Rogue Money, Rogue Money, Rogue News in the Morning with V and CJ, where we give you all the news, all the views, and all the information important to you. Check us out, roguenews.com. Roguenews.com, it is the place to be. Come sing and dance with macaroni and cheese. I don't even know what I'm saying, CJ. CJ, it's Friday, man. Macaroni and cheese. <laughs> Dude, my rapping skills is not up to par. Well, it's morning time. How about some ham, some bacon, some some sausage, some eggs, I don't breakfast, man. some pancakes? Nope. Just just sugar-free coffee with some, <clears throat> a little bit of creamer. And um, then I'm after this, I'm going to go catch a quick workout on an empty stomach, of course. And I'll probably eat my first meal around like 11 or 12. Dude, I'm trying to do this intermittent fasting stuff, man. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to do. And when I'm trying to get healthy, Siege, I like to use CBD. Ah, oh, nice. Yeah, I like to use CBD, but I like to get it in a tasteful way. You know what I'm saying? I like to get it with some with some chocolate peanut butter Buckeyes. Because yeah. nothing better than after a grueling workout, taking two, CJ, count them, two chocolate peanut butter Buckeyes, the chocolate peanut butter balls, dropping it into the blender with a banana and two scoops of whey protein isolate. Blend it up. My man, now we're talking. Boom. I like to take my CBD like that. Or maybe I like to have some of that delicious CBD coffee, bro. That's where it's at. Smooth, just zestful. Middle of the day, you know, so you're not too jacked. You're not too wired. So after my my two hits of dark roast, which I know I'm getting about 200 milligrams of caffeine, which is perfect. Wash that down with water. Then sometime at 2, 3 o'clock, have some of my CBD coffee. I love it, man. I love it. And when I'm really adventurous, CJ, I even try the doggy treats. <laughs> Good. <laughs> you can. I'm you just can kidding about the doggy treats. Oh, okay. <laughs> but dude, I mean, between the coffee, the chocolate peanut butter Buckeyes, and my favorite, man, my absolute favorite is those ridiculous pecan truffles, the pecan oh. coconut truffles. Dude, it is sick. I love it. Um, Dude, I love it. MyCBDEdibles.com, folks. Go ahead. Go there. Click the Add to Cart button. Make, take it home. Enjoy it for yourself. Get your CBD fixed. This is 99.9999999% pure CBD isolate. It's not some granulated garbage, low-grade oils, none of that junk. The purest stuff that's out there in the market, it is the best. Third-party verified and lab-tested. MyCBDEdibles.com. Check it out. And also, folks, check out thecryptoschool.io, thecryptoschool.io. Um, also, the just I'm just going to call it the remaincomschool.com. Okay, go to remaincomschool.com, and um, all the links are in the description box. You can go directly to the trading room, join the trading, the crypto trading action. If you need some crypto education, we have the uh, crypto school right there, the video education series. Uh, that's you know, so check it out, and you also have a community community Slack over there. 
folks, if you need to liquidate, it's not too late. You don't need to sit there and mentally something else. But anyway, <laughs> really, really rare form, Siege. Real rare form. <laughs> Liquidbase.io, folks. Liquidbase.io. Liquidity is the product. Securely exchange your crypto and gold metals cash without the reporting and ratatouing of uh, every single uh, other exchange out there. Liquidbase.io, Gorilla tested, Gorilla approved. That being said, Siege, what's crackalacking, brother? Hey, good morning, V. Doing great, doing great. Excited to be heading in uh, to the weekend. Yeah, Checked out too. an awesome, yeah, I checked out an awesome uh, Foo Fighters concert last night. So my, my awesome. voice from, from singing and screaming all night with David Grohl, my, my voice is a little bit shot today, so. Could you uh, could you belt out a line for us? Real he, you quick? know he didn't he didn't call me on stage or anything, but you know. <laughs> I understand. You're like a giddy teenager. I get it. I get it. <laughs> you know, hey, can you belt? I, I can't. Person. No, I can't. I can't. No, I. I, I can't. heard you were a great singer. <laughs> you know, here's a here's a crazy thing. I I really love like some of their songs. When you think about when you you know some of the lyrics, you know, like the the song, uh, the Pretender. I mean. They're, you know, some of their songs are like rebellion and and, and anarchy, and uh, so that that's why I love them uh, so much. But they sound better live than they do in studio, man. It's it's crazy. They're definitely not a studio band. Uh, you know, some of the they can some make someone's voice sound like almost like a Millie Vanilli type setting. <laughs> <laughs> but they rock it out. Yeah, a huge huge show. I can't remember their playlist, but I think they played for like three hours. It's crazy. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. But the other thing that's going on V2 is it's kind of fun to watch some of these uh, overvalued tech stocks. I don't even want to call them tech. These social media stocks just completely crash. You mean from Silicon Valley? Yeah, I mean, Silicon spelled S-I-L-L-Y hyphen C-O-N, Silicon Valley. Go ahead, Siege. Yeah, I mean, what, Mike, uh, Facebook dropped like 18 19%. Almost damn 20%, bro. 20%. I uh, love Twitter. that. I was laughing hysterically. Twitter's plunging. Now, here's the thing is that when you look at it, I think they're still like way overvalued. <laughs> they are all overvalued. Here's the thing about Silicon Valley, folks. If you haven't figured it out already, here's the thing for you. 99.99% of Silicon Valley is a gigantic circle jerk joke. Okay. It's a bunch of nerds who are obsessed with the complication of complication. Okay. They love complication for the sake of complication. They get together and have this giant circle jerk where they talk with great philandering words about uh, about all the things they're going to do to save humanity and take us to the stars. They're nobodies. The vast majority of them are pitiful. The vast majority of them have no direction. The vast majority of them cannot really compete in the global market. Silicon Valley has been getting its butt kicked, globally speaking, for quite some time now. Nobody else wants to call them out on it, so I will. This is the problem with Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. They sell you pipe dreams. Okay? They sell you hype. One of the greatest things about Silicon Valley is what you find with the military in incompetent complex, CJ. That is basically they're a bunch of marketing men. They're great at BS marketing, bro. And I'm happy. I'm happy that a stupid, worthless company like Facebook is going down in flames. May it go out of business. May it go out of business. Let it be cut down to the size of, where, of what it's really worth, which is really not not that much. Not that much. You know, here's the, yeah, go ahead, me. You know I was just going to say, here's the crazy thing. that Imagine if that happened to a uh, market cap like to, to uh, Bitcoin or to 
Bitcoin Cash. You know, imagine if they plummeted that much. You know, you would hear all the traditional legacy economists come out and say, see, we told you, you know, the cryptocurrencies aren't anything and everything. But here you have a company that their stock value uh, devalues by a hundred billion plus fee. And what are they probably saying? They're probably making excuses. Yeah, it's because of their fixed algorithms and the things they know, no people. It's because they don't produce anything. Yep. Yep, exactly. That's why when uh, when people say V, you don't understand the new economy, V. Facebook is so valuable, and all these tech companies, these are the new lords of lords of industry. The, these are the new captains of industry, V. You just don't get it. So you mean to tell me that Facebook is more valuable than Exxon Mobil? Oh uh, yes, V. Yes, because. I cannot download an Exxon Mobil app on my phone, and I cannot upload pictures of last night's party that I did in Soho to my Exxon Mobil app, but I could do it on my Facebook. So, therefore, Facebook is worth $200 billion. Only in a retard world, only in the world of morons, would, it, would a moron even say such a thing like that. It's stupid. You know, this is the problem, Siege. Companies need to be evaluated on what they actually produce. Okay, what they actually produce. Facebook doesn't make anything. It's just a joke. It's a terrible joke. So I'm happy that Mark Zuckerberg, the android from, uh, from God knows where, is going down in flames. I hope, he, uh, I hope his life is ruined, personally speaking. The scumbag little... I can't stand them. Anyway. Now, V, correct me if I'm wrong here, but more than likely with <clears throat> that amount of money that was pulled out, you know, that could be probably primarily uh, huge investment firms, you know, companies. It's, it's, it's not like millions of people went on there and started pulling from it. It's probably like maybe five or six hedge funds, you know, billions worth of worth. And, and that's another sign in itself to say, okay, where's the smart money going? If it's pulling out of this, where are they going? So to kind of monitor that the next few days. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Anyway, man, let's talk about some of the uh, rumors. You should hear of wars and rumors of wars. Yep. But fear not. The end is not yet. U.S. preparing to bomb Iran's nuclear capabilities as soon as next month, says reported. This is from our buddies over at Zero Hedge. And uh, this is from an Australian government, the Australia's Turnbull government. Uh, uh, told ABC they believe the U.S. is prepared to bomb Iran's nuclear capability, and the bombing could be as early as next month, says ABC report. <laughs> Did we hear the same thing about North uh, Korea? <laughs> there we go. Australia is part of the so-called Five Eyes, a global circle jerk of unintelligent partners, which includes the U.S., the U.K., Australia, Canada, and New Zealand. They get together every so often and circle jerk each other about how great they are and how they have the most credible weaponry in the God's green earth and uh, how they're going to win every single war and, and change and have regime change whenever they want. According to the breaking report from ABC Australia, Australian Broadcasting Corporation, has learned that the following base statements of key senior defense and intelligence officials, senior government figures have told ABC they believe the Trump administration is prepared to bomb Iran. They say Australian defense facilities will likely play a role. And identifying possible targets. <laughs> but another senior source of security emphasizes there's a difference between providing intelligence and active targeting. They're going to bomb. 
what are they going to bomb with? What are you going to do when you put an Air Force up in the air against an S-400 missile battery? You know, you talk about regional lockout. That is the capability that Iran has. Regional lockout. Okay? This is this is a joke. This is a fantasy that the neocons and the neoliberal world order has been planning CJ since the since the late 90s, I would say. They were really got worked up into a tizzy of regime change in Iran. We need to get rid of Iran. We need to get rid of Iran. Our buddies over in Saudi Arabia and Israel don't like it. We need to get rid of Iran. Iran, 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 blah, 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 blah Iran. And folks, I've told you so many times, the military incompetent complex is very similar to Silicon Valley in that they are marketers and mavens and, and BS you know, propagators. That's what they are. That's what they do. They propagate BS everywhere. They spread it around. They talk about how wonderful their BS is, how great their BS is. They have the most intricate BS. They're the most advanced BS in the world. At the end of the day, the BS is BS. Okay, it is BS, and I'm going to take you guys down a memory lane here in a little bit. Okay, I'm going to take you down to an event that, that most people had no idea about, and I'm going to break it down for you about what is reality versus fantasy. Okay, I'm going to break it down for you, especially that I keep hammering this point home for you guys over and over and over and over and over again, and that point, folks, is this. A bureaucracy, and I don't care what that bureaucracy is, okay? I don't care if it's if it's a military incompetent complex. I don't care if it's even hell, if it's even a, 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 a some sort of a, a clique like the, the 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 morons over at the Silicon Valley. I don't care whatever it is, okay? But once a bureaucracy is created, once you have a clique, once you have some sort of a a, a stigma, a status, a, a clout that follows you wherever you go. Your main purpose now is to maintain status quo. Your main purpose now is to expand your power. Your main purpose now is to increase your clout. And I told you with the military industrial complex is constantly creating new enemies, real or fictitious, real or make-believe. Why? Because the ultimate goal is not to get into a full-fledged war, but the ultimate goal is to keep selling weapons. You see? You see, you cannot have clear defined battles anymore because if you have clearly defined battles where where you win with overwhelming force then there's no need for a military industrial complex because why you squashed your enemies with overwhelming force that the victor and who the victor is is abundantly clear the narrative is abundantly clear, so therefore the justification for further battles becomes nothing. There won't be no justification because you've conquered everything. You've crushed your enemy. You let them know who's boss. You've won. So why have another battle? But if you keep fomenting and you keep, you know, through proxy and pretext, keeping battles going, quote-unquote conflict zones going, then you will always have a perpetual need to engage in war, which means engaging in profits. It doesn't matter what the mission outcome is, folks. 
All that matters is that weapon deals are done. All that matters is that money is being generated and made. This is very similar to the pharmaceutical industry. The money is in the drug. The money is in the disease, not the cure. The mo- there will never be a cancer cure so long as the system has is, is you know remains status quo. There'll never be a cure for cancer. Why would anybody want to cure cancer? It's a damn near five trillion dollar a year global business. You know how many hundreds of thousands of jobs are dependent upon cancer killing people? No, no, no. They want you to live with it. They want to absolutely ding you up from the time you're diagnosed to the point you're put in a hospice and killed. Hundreds of thousands of dollars they want to extract from your corpse, from your body by the time you're dead. So it's the same thing with the military industrial complex. They don't want a war, a grand world global war where there's a final victor. Then their scheme's over. Then there's no more profiteering. But a state of perpetual war goes very well indeed with a state of perpetual debt which also goes very well indeed with a state of perpetual disease, okay? So this is the fantasy that these guys have. So they're they're talking about, you know, going to a war and, and killing Iran. Folks, back in 2002, okay, I'm going to tell you a little story about Millennium Challenge 2002, also known as MC02, okay, MC02. Millennium Challenge Zero Two was pretty incredible. It was the largest military, most expensive military simulation ever conducted. Okay, and during that simulation, folks. Okay, this is why I keep you know bringing this up, and I'm glad that I was able to find this article over here um, on WeAreTheMighty.com. And there's a great video on YouTube that goes along with it, explaining the whole entire damn thing. Okay. In 2002, the U.S. military tapped Lieutenant General Paul Van Ripper. Okay, he's a Marine general, three-star. He's or, I mean, Paul, you know, Van Ripper was already retired. He was, I think he was retired for about three or five years before the military came and knocked on his door and said, hey, man, you, we, we, we want to, you know, hire you out. We want you to come on board. We're going to run the simulation. And Paul, Viper, Paul Van Ripper said, okay, fine, I'll, I'll do it. What do you want me to do? Well, you're going to lead the red opposing forces on the most expensive, expensive military exercise in American history. Now, he was put in command of an inferior, quote, Middle Eastern-inspired military force, like Iran. His mission was to go against the full might of the American armed forces. Okay? I'm I'm going to say just that, okay? I'm going to say just that. You have an old school, and if you read anything about Paul Van uh, from Paul Van Rupper, you would know this. He is an old school Marine general. He is a true devil dog. He is from an era of the time where the Marines were the lords. They were the lords of the air, the land, and the sea. They were masters of the air, masters of the land, masters of the sea. I mean, this guy is old school. Brilliant guy, cunning, cunning as they come, this guy, Paul Van Ripper. His mission was to go against the full might of the American armed forces. 
The exercise was called Millennium Challenge 2002. It was designed by the Joint Forces Command over the course of two years. It had 13,500 participants, numerous live simulated training sites, and supposed to pit an Iran-like Middle Eastern country against the U.S. military, which would be fielding advanced technology it didn't even plan to implement until five years later. So in other words, it was using advanced hypothetical prototype weaponry that would be used in the future. So in other words, they're they're planning with a fully, quote-unquote, networked army where the guy on the ground knew what the plane in the air was doing, so they both see the same targets, where that plane is also networking the target acquisitional data to a tank on the uh, you know on the far side of, of two miles away, which is also networked to a ship, which is also networked to a satellite, which is, you see, it is a fully networked military. The U.S. is still trying to achieve this in some way, but believe it or not, the Russians have perfected it. So the war game would begin with a force entry exercise that included the 82nd, the vaunted 82nd Airborne and the 1st Marine Division. Now, if you know about the 82nd Airborne and the 1st Marine Division, that is nothing to be sneezed at. And when, okay, uh, so when the whole thing started, the Blue Forces issued a surrender ultimatum. They told the Red Force, which is commanded by Van Ripper, to, you know, surrender. Van Ripper's commanding Red Forces turned them down. And since the Bush Doctrine of the period included preemptive strikes against perceived enemies, Van Ripper knew. He knew that the Blue Forces would be coming for him, and they did. But the three-star general didn't spend 41 years in the Marine Corps Corps by being timid. As soon as the Navy was beyond the point of no return, which is basically floating their butts into the Straits of Hormuz, which is basically like shooting fish in a barrel. He hit them, and he hit them hard. Missiles from land-based units, civilian boats, and low-flying planes tore through the fleet as explosive-laden speedboats decimated the Navy using suicide tactics. His code to initiate the attack was a coded message sent from the marionettes of mosques at the call to prayer. Very cunning. I'm going to explain this even more for you guys in a second. In less than 10 minutes, the whole thing was over. Lieutenant General Paul Van Viper was victorious. Okay? Victorious. In the first two days, he sank an entire carrier battle group. Look at this cunning SOB. An entire carrier battle group in ten in, in, in two days wiped them out. In ten minutes, the damn thing was all over. How did 19 ships and some 20,000 US troops end at the end up at the bottom of the Persian Gulf? It started with the op four leadership. Van Riper was the epitome of the Salty Marine Corps general officer. He was a 41-year veteran, both enlisted and commissioned serving everywhere from Vietnam to Desert Storm. Van Ripper attended the Marine Corps' Amphibious Warfare School, the College of Naval Command Staff and the Army War College and the Army's Airborne and Ranger Schools. He is one tough SOB. In fact, the three-star general had been retired for from five years by the time he led the Red Forces of Millennium Challenge. He was an old-school Marine capable of some old-school tactics, tactics and he insisted 
And here's the thing, folks. Here's what the what the military incompetent complex hates. That's why the military incompetent complex didn't like General Van Riper. Didn't like him. Okay? Why? Because he insisted that technology cannot replace human intuition and the study of the basic nature of war, which he called a terrible, uncertain, chaotic, bloody business. What did he call war? What did this tough leatherneck, this devil dog, this guy who spent 41 years in the Corps, probably has a body count to his own name, and he called war a terrible, uncertain, and chaotic, bloody business. When Van Riper told the story of Millennium Challenger journalist Malcolm Godwell, he said the blue forces were stuck in their own mode of thinking. Sounds familiar? Their vastly superior technology included advanced intelligence matrices and operational net assessments that told them where the op forward vulnerabilities were and what Van Riper was most likely to do next out of a range of possible scenarios. They relied heavily on that. In other words, they relied on a big bloated bureaucracy to get the, the, the work done. They relied heavily. And when the blue took out Red's microwave towers and fiber optics and communications, they expected his forces to use satellite and cell phones that could be monitored. Not a chance. He didn't do that. What did he do? Well, he instead used motorcycle couriers, kind of like in World War II. Kind of similar to horses that the Mujahideen would use, horseback riders to convey messages back and forth against the Soviets and currently against the Americans. Van Riper used these motorcycle couriers, messages hidden in prayers, and even coded lighting systems on his airfields, all of which, folks, are low-tech tactics invented and employed during World War II. I struck first, he said, in blank, The Power of Thinking Without Thinking, written by Gladwell in 2005. We did all the calculations on how many cruise missiles their ships could handle, so we simply launched more than that. In fact, Van Riper hated the kind of analytical decision-making the Blue Forces were doing. He believed that it took far too long. His resistance plan included ways of getting his people to make good decisions using rapid cognition and analog but reliable communications. The other commanders involved called foul, complaining that the real Opfor would never use the tactics Van Riper used, except Van Riper's flotilla used boats and explosives just like those used against the USS Cole in, in the year 2000. And I said nobody would have thought that anyone would fly an airliner to the World Trade Center, Van Riper said in a reply, but nobody in the exercise seemed interested. In the end, the Blue Forces will all respawn, and Van Riper was prevented from making moves to counter Blue Forces landing. He had no radar and wasn't allowed to shoot down incoming aircraft he would have otherwise accurately targeted. The rest of the exercise was scripted to let Blue Force land and win. Van, Ripper, Van Riper walked out when he realized his commands were being ignored by the exercise players. The fix was in. The three-star uh, general wrote a 21-page critique on the exercise and was immediately classified. Van Riper spoke out against the rigged game anyway. Nothing was learned from this, he told the London Guardian in 2002. Now listen to this carefully, folks. A culture not willing to think hard and test itself does not augur well for the future. Listen to that. Listen to that. Here is a war game against Iran. Let, let me tell you something, folks. The U.S. 
cannot face a technologically proficient pro, uh, enemy, a foe. And the U.S. cannot face a resourceful flow, especially when you try to find them, fight them in, in their own backyard. So I want you to think about this. His mission was to go up against the full might of the American Armed Forces in an Iran-like conflict. And in the first two days, he sank the entire Carrier Battle Group. I mean, think about that for a second. Think about that for a second. It was over rapidly. I mean, he absolutely overwhelmed them. And what did the what did the military competent complex do? Did they take notes and say, "Hey, you know what? This is right. Let's learn from this. Let's, you know, no, no, no." They scripted everything. They they moved everything so that this this exercise that Paul Van Riper would would fail would fail. Unfair, like video game-like rules. Oh, Van Riper would wipe out the entire Blue Force, and all of a sudden, the Blue Force would manage, magically respawn. What? What is this, Halo? Is this Call of Duty? Is this a video game? You're just respawning after you kill the guy? What, what the hell's going on here? Van Riper walked out of the exercise. So why did the military-industrial complex continue on with this nonsense and then classify the whole damn thing? Because every single weapon system that we're using today emanated as a prototype during the 2002 Millennium Challenge. Do you get it? Every That exercise was a giant circle jerk to show congressmen and senators who don't know any better about how great the military-industrial complex is and all the wonderful weapons and equipment they have. There were hundreds of billions of dollars of weapon systems at stake that were being developed, that this general, Paul Van Riper, absolutely decimated in 10 minutes, overcame, wiped them out, and took down an entire military, modern, technologically advanced, fully networked military in two days. In two freaking days, using tactics from World War II. With no technology tied to it. Cunning. That is the power of the human ability, folks. And this is the reason why the military-industrial complex and the bankers who are their masters cannot afford this. They'd rather keep selling you the lie that we are invincible, we are unchallengeable, we are the we have the greatest systems in the world, and we are blah 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 blah. Because nobody wants to know the truth. And that whole thing, what he says in the end, and this is what I'm gonna close with, because you know, we gotta run today. We're gonna have uh, uh, Harry Schlanger on at at, uh, at twelve. He said nothing was learned from this. A culture not willing to think hard and test itself does not augur well for the future. A culture not willing to think hard and test itself does not augur well for the future. And this is why the gorilla screams from the rooftops. This is why the gorilla screams from the tops of the, uh, of the jungle trees. 
We as a culture need to test ourselves hard. We need to take a good, hard look of where every single penny of our taxpayer money is going. We need to look hard. We need to test hard about exactly what the hell is going on in our economy, in our equities markets, in our bond markets, in these industries like Silicon Valley. We need to take a good, hard look, and we need to test ourselves hard. Because if we don't test ourselves hard, folks, we will not augur well for the future. We just simply will not augur well at all, okay, for the future. It just doesn't happen, okay? It just doesn't happen. It will be a bad outcome. Test ourselves hard. Do we have the, the 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 spine, the cojones to test ourselves hard this midterm election of 2018? Just a few months away. Just a few months away. How are we going to come out? How are we going to be in the next eight years, in the next 10 years? That's what we're looking at because right now we're facing an uncertainty. And it is a time right now in our nation's history where we need to test ourselves hard test ourselves hard test yourself hard all of us together and that's what i gotta say siege great breakdown v awesome with that being said folks we are over now we got uh harley Schlang coming on at 12 o'clock so stay tuned for that and with that being said uh subscribe like comment and share thank you all for your love and support and we are done take it away cj